business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. On the line with me is Carmen Nell, who's an economist and macro strategist at Matrix Fund Managers. And we're going to be talking about the robust quarter two GDP figure data that have come out. Carmen, are you with us? Yes. Hi, Avi. <clears throat> hi. Welcome to Chai FM. Thanks very much. Good. How's the weather in Cape Town? It's another chilly day. Sun is shining, but we've got a bit of cold weather again. Okay. Okay. Carmen, and how's you- it in Johannesburg? Well, the truth is that I'm not in Johannesburg. Oh, I'm actually really? broad, I'm broadcasting from a town called Modi Inn in Israel. That's where okay. I'm sitting right now. Oh, and wonderful. It's, and it's 31 degrees and sweltering hot, if you want to know. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Good. Did you, did you listen to the previous interview by any chance? No, unfortunately, I couldn't. I had back-to-back meetings so far okay. today. Carmen, do you remember the um, Cremora adverts? Yes, from long ago. Yes, so they've redone them. Go to YouTube and have a look. And it's really about inclusivity. So they've taken a a white, a, a mixed race couple, a white lady and a black guy, a young couple, a beautiful young couple I just interviewed. And they are the face of this new Cremora advert. And they've really pulled the same ridiculous genre into the new South Africa. And it's just fresh and exciting and dynamic. And I think it's very gutsy to take something so iconic and try to re-spin it, but they've done it so successfully. Go have a look. No, definitely we'll have a look. Great. Common South Africa has been through a rough patch. COVID has been less than friendly, a lot better than I think we expected it to be from an economic point of view. The the violence that happened a couple of months ago really sideswiped the country Besides the disruption and the damage, I think it really bruised the, the ego of, of the citizenry of the country. But yet, figures are out, things continue. You and I need to buy stuff. We need services. We need to keep going. Our children need to keep going to school, et cetera, et cetera. Talk us through what's been happening with the latest um, GDP figures. They certainly were stronger than expected. So, I mean, there are two ways to look at it, right? So you can look at the quarter change on the previous quarter change, which was very encouraging. That came in at 1.2%. It was quite funny. On the day of the release, all the headlines sort of talked about the disappointing data. But what the statistical agency is doing now is they're no longer annualizing the data. So that 1.2 on an annualized basis would have been almost 5%, which for SA is quite good going in terms of growth. Year over year, it looks really flattering. So there we were up 19.4% year over year, you know, well into the double digits, but that is because of the low base. So we're comparing second quarter this year, which didn't have meaningful lockdowns versus recall level five lockdown last year when everything basically came to standstill. But on the whole, it does show that underlying, you know, as you say, things are ticking over. We had a big benefit from sort of export dynamics, very high commodity prices, lots of goods moving um, on the on rail and specifically on roads with freight and stuff, and that certainly helped figures. Um, and then similarly, consumers were definitely a lot more mobile. So you saw them spend a lot more on transport alongside the basics like health um, and communication. But 
You know, people also went out out more in the second quarter compared to the first quarter. So that was also a nice underpin. So, you know, I wouldn't say things are back to normal, but certainly we've been quite mobile despite sort of the Delta variant hitting in June into July. And then obviously the turmoil we'll have to see in the key through third quarter figures later this year. You know, Carmen, what people often forget is that going into COVID, South Africa, the South African economy was already in ICU. We were already faltering. We were already on one knee and struggling to get momentum and go forward. The projections were dismal, if anything. Um, has COVID in a way and this period almost given us the jolt that we needed to recalibrate things and go forward? Well, we hope so. I mean, we hope that COVID was the wake up call with regard to, you know, certain infrastructure needs, you know, such as broadband, et cetera. So we're still waiting for for the government to auction the extra spectrum. Um, there are a lot of legalities around that, but that is something that could be a reasonably quick win. I mean, it did, did lay bare sort of our shortages, one in terms of health provision and, and capacity, but I think also schooling, our education, um, certainly the public sector schools took a big knock. I mean, NITSCRAM, there's those NITSCRAM surveys that have been published um, in various ways with the, the analysis they've done showed that for some of the sort of your, your lower, um, um, quantile schools, um, your poorer schools, they've, they've given up a year, year and a half worth of education because mm. of the lockdown. So I, I do think it does, it, it, it says a lot. Yes, if we can talk about the technology and the big things, but on the ground, it, it makes a big difference. If your schools are open, kids can go to school, they can get the nutrition. So I think, you know, it was an eye opener. Um, I think it, we haven't really seen, uh, we've seen some positives. So you will see sort of the SAA being partially privatized or now the, the embedded generation limit being lifted from one megawatt to a hundred. But I think a lot more needs to be done to really start lifting, um, sort of lifting the economy, um, and lower income levels sort of out of the poverty. So it's, it's, it's the, the flip side is a lot of people have become worse off. But maybe it is the eye-opener for policymakers um, to start implementing reform. Carmen, I don't know why, but there's a lot of SMSs coming on, uh, coming through off-topic, which I think you might be able to field. Um, two people are saying that it's all good and well, but we've really benefited from a very low interest rate, which has allowed us to save cash flow in repaying debt um, and allowed us to borrow at a lower rate. Do you think this trend will remain in place for much longer? That's what Johnny wants to know. On interest rates, it, it's always difficult because we're a small open economy. So we, we're a price taker on things like the currency um, or commodity prices. So you've seen commodity prices surge, um, inflation rates pick up in the U.S. inflation rate now is higher than the SA inflation rate. So I think for the Reserve Bank, it's going to be tricky. But yes, Certainly, they did help the SA consumer with cash flow by slashing rates. Currently, there's no obvious pressure for the Reserve Bank to hike. Um, our inflation rate's quite contained. They also look at inflation expectations, so surveys that actually um, ask people and businesses, what do you think the inflation rate's going to be over the next five years? That's also come down quite nicely and has actually remained fairly stable. Um, and then if you think about credit growth, that's actually very, very low. I mean, cons- consumer household credit growth is running at 5% year over year. That is extremely low. And if you take off inflation, so sort of 
the volume of loans being taken out, that's up half a percent year over year. So, you know, from, from sort of my side, certainly I don't think there's massive pressure um, to hike rates. I mean, at Matrix, we debate this every day. It's sort of part, part of what we do. Um, and I think if the Fed, for example, can manage their interest rate cycle carefully and the RAND stays where it is, we can maybe see a very gradual hiking cycle, um, which would um, sort of be a lot slower and lower than sort of if you recall in the 2000s when they would hike quite aggressively and then cut quite aggressively. Right. You know, Carmen, just on the, on the RAND's front, you know, I almost say it with a sense of pride that the RAND has done really, really nicely. I don't know if you remember years ago where the pendulum swing was ridiculous. It was 50 cents a RAND and before you knew it, you were just, the RAND was tumbling all over the show. The RAND now moves, but it almost, it's like it's matured. It doesn't get skittish. It doesn't panic and move in major. It's a couple of cents in the one direction, maybe a couple in the other, does it on a slow basis. Um, there's always market shocks that move it. But, you know, if I just look for it, for example, compared to the Israeli shekel, it's maybe moved 45 cents over a period of a year up and then back down. But it's really showing maturity. Is that the case? Um, it certainly has, if you talk about sort of, sort of the volatility and the ranges in which the RAND Moves has come down a bit. Um, it used to be the most volatile currency in the world. Um, that's no longer the case. I think part of we, we are less traded arguably against, for example, now the Brazilian Real, which has now become very volatile again because of their fiscal risks, et cetera. I think the RAND's benefiting from commodity prices being quite high. Um, we've got very prudent conservative central banks. So yes, we would all like them to cut rates further so that our bonds get a bit cheaper, et cetera, but that's not going to happen because they're so orthodox. I think that certainly underpinned the RAND. And basically, we're now exporting more than we're importing, and that's also helping the currency along. Well, that helps our current account deficit. That's really what we need to do because, you know, there are a few things that sort of spun out of control. One was the public debt. The one was the current account. We almost looked at this business called South Africa and just said, this thing needs to go into rescue. There's no ways it can continue, but it's really sort of slowly pulled itself right. Um, and, and those are really, really encouraging figures. Calm, just before I let you go, um, the other big thing that's coming through that people are wanting to know is that with the low interest rates, is it still advisable to remain heavily in, uh, invested in equities or should people look at starting to come out of equities as there could be a possible movement in interest rates up? which could have a negative effect on equity returns? Well, I suppose it depends on um, where you are invested. I mean, offshore, certainly equity markets in the U.S. have have found significant support in zero interest rate policy and quantitative easing. And I suppose that would be quite difficult, I think, for U.S. equities to weather a hiking cycle by the Fed. I think locally we've actually had a bit of weakness come through already. So we've broadly sort of moved sideways. If you think about, you know, towards the end of the second quarter into July with the, the social unrest, which hit the domestic counters quite hard. I mean, some of them have bounced. I don't think our equity markets are extremely or as interest rate sensitive as the U.S. equity market is towards um, the U.S. interest rate cycle. So in that sense, it's very difficult given that you still have very good earnings coming through um, in terms of SA equities to say really now's the time 
to get rid of your equities. But I suppose it's always best to have a balanced approach where you, you know, you pick your more defensive counters and then would still benefit to have some other exposure, you know, for potentially higher interest rates. But again, our view certainly at Matrix is not for an aggressive hiking cycle, which will significantly hurt equities. Fantastic. Harmony, if somebody wants to get hold of you guys directly or wants to come to Matrix and uh, talk to you about investment options, how do they get hold of you? Like you can go onto our website, which is matrixfundmanagers.co.za. Um, all the information will be there, and you can also then contact us via the website, and we'll have the relevant people um, put you in touch with the right people at Matrix. Fantastic. Carmen, well, everything of the best. Thank you so much for coming on, and I look forward to chatting you again, maybe in the next quarter, and see how things have happened. Definitely. Enjoy the warm weather. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. There was Carmen Nell, who's an economist and macro, macro strategist at Matrix Fund Managers.